0: G'day and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David Brown, and I'm one of the ministers at Dolby Anglican Parish. We're a church that's all about knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. And if you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit anglicandolby.org.au. This week's sermon focuses on Mark chapter 4, verses 21 to 34, and it's entitled God the Gardener. We hope you enjoy the sermon. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to Mark, chapter 4, verses 21 through to 34. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said to them, Do you bring in a lamp and put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand. For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grape grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Again he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like, or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of seeds on earth, yet when planted, It grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them, as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable, but when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Loving Lord God, we thank you that your word to us is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We thank you for the parables of Jesus and what they tell us about the kingdom of God. And so we pray that you would give us eyes to see what Jesus is telling us, hearts to believe what he's telling us, and lives ready to apply them. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends after looking at the parable of the sower last week this week is really part two of that story often in mark uh, we see jesus introducing a story telling a story giving the key to a story telling another story similar to the first one and then concluding what we have here in the beginning of mark chapter 4 is what's called a mark and sandwich um Mark often inserts the meat, the key to understanding what Jesus is saying in the center of his story rather than at the beginning or the end where you and I would often put it. And the center of what Jesus is talking about comes in Mark chapter 4, verse 10, and we read it last week. When Jesus was alone with the twelve, it says, and the others around him, they asked him about the parables he told them the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but those on the outside everything is said in parables. so the key question Jesus is addressing today is why use parables at all and what we 're going to find out today, and if you open up your um, your pew sheets you 'll see uh, that there are the main points, and you can take notes um, if you like. Uh, Around the service, um, some key points. But what Jesus says is the reason he uses parables is he wants to tell us about the purpose of the kingdom, he wants to tell us about the principles of the kingdom, and he wants to show us where to find the power to live for the kingdom of God. Today, Jesus will show us that whatever is meant to be disclosed, sorry, Today, Jesus will show us that whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought into the open. That's provided we have ears to hear it. So let's look at the purpose of the kingdom. The parable of the mustard seed is a simple but profound story about the life-giving purpose of the kingdom of God. In verse 30, Jesus says, What should we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable should we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of seeds on earth. Yet when it is planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants. With such big branches, the the birds can perch in its shade. Now Jesus isn't making a statement of scientific fact here. He knew about poppy seeds and smaller seeds than mustard seeds. But of the garden plants, the mustard seed was the smallest compared to wheat or pomegranate seeds. His point is that from little things, big things grow. If you've ever seen a mustard bush, it can, become, it can grow to become the size of a house, much bigger than a sheaf of wheat or a stalk of corn. So we might think the kingdom of God is small. But Jesus is saying that it grows from a small seed into a big one. The mustard bush provides food uh, through its pods. It provides flavor through the mustard seeds. And its branches, as Jesus said, are home to many animals and give protection and a place to live for many here Jesus is saying that the purpose of the kingdom is to grow and provide nourishment for our souls, meaning for our lives, and salvation to all who come to it. So often we might think that the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is a place you go to where you, when you die. Or that you need to pray to God in heaven so that like a piñata, if you hit him up enough, uh, all these blessings will rain down on you. But instead, Jesus likens the kingdom of God to a growing bush that expands. If you let a mustard bush expand, it could take over your whole garden. And that's what Jesus is saying. The kingdom of God is growing. God created the world that we live in. And often we think that uh, the kingdom of God is something out there, separate, but God created this world and his ruler over it, the whole universe, everything. But friends, every time we sin, we make ourselves little kings over our little kingdoms. We force God, God's presence out of our presence. This doesn't make us legitimate rulers over God's world, but it is an attempt to push God out. Here Jesus is saying that he is the living embodiment of God's rule and reign. In Luke seventeen twenty-one, he says the kingdom of God is already among you, in the midst of you. In other words, he's saying, although sin has pushed me out of this world, I am breaking back in. The whole story of Scripture is not about heaven over here and the world over here. Instead, it's about God, heaven invading earth. And at the end of Scripture, heaven and earth become one as God recreates the world that he made. All the people around Jesus were waiting for a flashy king to emerge and reestablish the kingdom of God, Israel. Israel. But here Jesus is telling these parables because he's saying, I'm the king's son. And the king's son, of course, will be crowned king. And just as my ministry, my kingdom seems so small to you now, it'll grow. And it'll provide nourishment, fullness of life, and salvation to all who come to it. This is why we shouldn't underestimate what we're doing here today. Today, God is planting seeds in our hearts that will grow and bear a harvest for his redemptive plans. To outsiders, we may be a group of deluded people gathering together on a freezing cold day, singing songs to a wall, and hearing stories from a 2,000-year-old book. But to God... We are part of his gardening plan, slowly, organically, and supernaturally accomplishing his good and life-giving purposes right here and right now. So if that's the purpose of the kingdom, let's look at the principles of the kingdom of God. That's the second point in your orders of service, sorry, in your, um, in your pew sheets. In this passage, we also see what uh, Pastor Tim Keller calls the central operating principles of the kingdom of God. Jesus says in verse 24, "...consider carefully what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them." Again, here, Jesus uses the word for listen, akuo. Turn to the person next to you and say, akuo, akuo. He keeps saying it. He keeps saying it throughout Mark's gospel, particularly in Mark 4. He says it um, nine times in the first half and another five or six times in the passage we're reading today. Akuo, akuo. Listen, listen, listen. Jesus isn't saying that you get out what you get in, what you put in here, but he is saying that the degree to which you listen to the good news of the kingdom is the degree to which it will break upon us. Many people wrote Jesus off. He'd never been to the good schools, and he was from the backward town of Nazareth. The people on the outskirts only heard stories of farmers and seeds and lamps. But those who Those who listened, those who drew close to him and asked him questions, were given explanations about their meaning. And friends, that's exactly what we're doing here this morning. We're drawing close to Jesus and wrestling with his parables and letting them bear fruit and life in our lives. Friends, this is the principle of the kingdom of God. It's not just for good or rich or clever people, but it is for those who will listen. If you don't know God in this life, then guess what? On the last day, when you meet him, he'll know you, but he won't know you. He won't acknowledge you. If you want nothing to do with God in this life, God will say, I don't know you, when He meets you in His kingdom. But if you draw close to God with love and affection, He will draw close to you. Jesus uses parables because the kingdom of God is for those who will listen. Again, this is the central organizing principle of God's kingdom. It's an upside-down kingdom. The more you give, the more you get. Tim Keller says it like this. The way up is to go down. The way to seek influence and power is not to seek influence and power, but only to serve. The way to get rich is to give it all away. The way to really be happy is to try to make others happy. The way to reign is to submit. The way to magnificence and character is humility. The way to find significance and purpose and value in your life is to lose yourself in service to God. The way to be free is to go to God and say, Command me. Lead me. The kingdom of God is the world turned upside down. This is why Jesus' message is so dangerous. This is why it needs to be veiled in parables, because it flies in the face of conventional wisdom and the world's way of operating. This is why Christian values and morals are so offensive to people because many have vested interest in keeping the oppressive ways of this world in place. The third principle of the kingdom is that it's expansive and global. Goodness grows, but it also ends in a harvest. From the parable of the lamp, light, bringing, uh, light casting away darkness... To the parable of the gardener and the seed of growth and nourishment. To the parable of the mustard seed. The kingdom of God is taking over. That's what Jesus is saying here. The gospel is good news for all. And this is why we support missionaries like Carl, who's here this morning. Like Chaplain Heather and like Chaplain Bruce, who will be talking at the 10 a.m. service. We want the gospel to be revealed to all people. And our SU chaplains reveal the love of God through their chaplaincy work. This is why we support the work of Bruce and Libby and their work in Asia, or why we support the work of Bishop Daniel and his work in South Sudan and here in our region. The kingdom of God is expanding, bringing light to darkness, nourishment where there is hunger, and salvation where it's received. This is why it's important that we give people every opportunity to hear about the kingdom of God before it's too late. One day, the sickle will be taken to the wheat. One day, there will be a harvest, and God will make all wrongs right. But again, those who have rejected God in this life will be rejected by him in the next. How much do you have to hate someone to know that they might spend eternity outside of God's kingdom and not share the way into God's kingdom with them? The kingdom of God is for all who will listen. It's the world turned upside down, and it will continue to expand relentlessly, Until the last day. And that brings us to our final point. Jesus uses parables to give us the power to live for the kingdom of God. He wants to empower his disciples to live for the kingdom. The redemptive purposes of the kingdom of God are too life-giving and exciting to be capped or suppressed... That's, that's the meaning of the parable of um, the lamp under the bushel. You don't hide the good news. As Jesus approaches Jerusalem, his message will become more explicit and urgent. But for now, Mark tells us that Jesus taught everything in parables so that those who cared to listen would be able to gather and see the light of the gospel. That's exactly, again, what we're doing here this morning. You're here to listen and understand Jesus' teachings. And outward you will go this morning into God's mission field. And this is the main application of this section of our passage. Jesus wants us to listen to him, but not just listen in a way that the sound bangs against our eardrums. He wants us to listen in a way that we live it out. When we live by what Jesus is teaching us, we will live with radical urgency, but we'll sleep and pray with incredible confidence. Hear that again. When we register what Jesus is saying to us, we will live with radical urgency, but we will sleep and rest and pray with incredible confidence. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, if you look in your Bibles at uh, verse 26, Jesus says, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full head and the kernel. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Here we see our role in the kingdom of God, and we see God's role in the kingdom of God. You see, just as the farmer sows the seed and creates the perfect environment for the kingdom of God to grow, that's our responsibility. We're the farmers in this parable. But the farmer can't force the seed to grow. He can't make it bear fruit. He can't determine its yields. That's the responsibility of God. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. The farmer does their bit and then goes to sleep. The farmer doesn't have to worry about the yield if he's made sure that the environment is perfect. Our job, friends, is to do everything in our power to create the perfect environment for the gospel to grow. And God will do the rest. Jesus' point is simple. We need to live as if the future depends on us and pray and sleep and rest, knowing that God has everything under control. Every energy needs to be channeled into growing the kingdom of God and giving everyone the best opportunity to know God. But in the end, God's kingdom will come and God's will will be done regardless of our performance. In the church office, Judy and I often reflect that no one is indispensable to the kingdom of God, but we all have a purpose in Christ. We need to control what we can control and leave the rest up to God. So friends, why does Jesus use parables? In this passage, Jesus is showing us that he's revealing us the life-giving and life-saving purposes of the kingdom of God. Through parables, he's showing us the principles of the kingdom of God, that it's for all people who will listen, all those who will humble themselves and serve, all those who recognize its expansive and redemptive purposes. So let's listen to Jesus. Let's accue to Jesus with every fiber of our being, not just so that his voice touches our eardrums, but so that it touches our hearts and changes our lives. Let's live by the Holy Spirit, doing everything we can to know Jesus and make Jesus known and provide the perfect environment for the kingdom of God to grow amongst us. And let's sleep and rest in confidence that God has everything under control.